A lot of what I understand about Judaism and religion in general comes from repeated childhood viewings of the film version of Jesus Christ Superstar. For some reason, that movie was always on when I was a kid, and I watched it a lot. I loved the Jews in particular, with their deep voices and enormous black hats that looked like beetle thoraxes. Yeah, I got that the Jews were kind of the bad guys in the film, but I also thought they were the most interesting characters. I mean, to me, they were cool. The bad guys are always cooler anyway, right? Anyway, the point is, I went to Hebrew school, had a bar mitzvah. I make a pretty mean brisket on occasion. I gesticulate a lot. But I really know very little about Judaism. So this podcast is a way of helping me and you, listener, and you know who you are, or do you, ask some big questions about what it means to be Jewish. And some small questions, too. So welcome to the kibitz. First, I should quickly explain who I am. I'm Dan Crane. I'm a freelance journalist, and I write about culture and travel for the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Slate, California Sunday, lots of other places. I'm a musician, and some of my music will be featured on the show. And I'm a retired competitive air guitarist. Yes, that is true. Now, what is air guitar? Well, it's a lot like God, actually. It's something you can't see, but if you have faith and believe in it hard enough, you might just find yourself on stage in Finland wearing a spandex unitard playing an invisible guitar in front of thousands of people. Second, I should point out that you don't have to believe in God or air guitar or even be Jewish to listen to the kibitz. This is not a preachy podcast. It's about asking interesting questions because the one thing I've learned about Jews is that we love asking questions. Like, uh, hey, are you going to finish that pastrami sandwich? Because I will take care of it for you. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Why is this podcast different from all other podcasts? Well, first of all, we're not sponsored by Squarespace. At least, not yet. Also, this is not another one of those long interview shows. We're all about short and sweet. In our debut episode, for example, the very one to which you are listening now, Moshe and David Kasher, a comedian and a rabbi, will debate the origins and the point of Hanukkah. I'll ask Michael Wexler of the famed Wexler's Deli in Los Angeles how to make the perfect latke. Comedians Rana and Beverly will ask for advice. In our ongoing segment, A Kid Walks Into a Bar, twin comedians the Sklar Brothers will tell us about their dual bar mitzvah. And my 95-year-old Nana will tell you some jokes. This is an action-packed episode. We'd love to get your feedback. If you make it to the end of the podcast, we'll tell you how to contact us with your comments. Now that is what I call an incentive, people. Before we start, I should mention that we are a project of Reboot, an organization founded 14 years ago which affirms the value of Jewish traditions and creates new ways for people to make them their own through intimate and community events, gatherings and exhibitions, along with recordings, books, films, and a wide variety of digital participation programs and tools like podcasts, that engage hundreds of thousands annually in kindling connections to reimagine Jewish lives full of meaning, creativity, and joy. For more info, please visit Rebooters.net. And now, The Kibitz, a project of Reboot. Who better to answer the Hanukkah question than a rabbi and a comedian? And get this, they're brothers. I know. It's like a setup waiting for a punchline. This is Kasher versus Kasher. It is an honor here to have a David Kasher, a rabbi, 
I'm a and, rabbi. And uh, a rabbi, an actual rabbi, and his brother, Moshe Kasher, who's a comedian. Um, thanks for stopping by, you guys. Thanks yeah. for stopping by the kibitz. Um, What's up? First of all, um, I want to talk about Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Is it is it important or is it just a you know kind of a gimmick holiday that we have because we were <laughs> sad that we didn't have Christmas? What's the biblical origin of it, if there is any? It's not a biblical holiday at all. It's not in the Bible. There, there's there's you know the famous ones Passover, Rosh Hashanah, that kind of stuff. There's five major holidays in the Bible. And they're in there. Hanukkah's not in there. Yeah. Hanukkah, and not even if you turn to the to Talmud, which is the second big book in Judaism. Hanukkah's in there, but like not much. I mean, it's really. You know, what's a big holiday in Judaism is like Shavuot, a holiday nobody's heard Ooh, of. Oh, I love, <laughs> love that one. No, but that's like, yeah. that's actually yeah. technically a, a huge holiday, whereas Hanukkah is like not, yeah. Let me not. ask you this. Why is it then that Walmart doesn't do Shavuot s- sections? <laughs> it's, it's, I've always wondered that. Like, where's... Because I feel like there's a war on Shavuot. Uh, there absolutely is. Like, I, it used to be that you would go into a Walmart and they would say, say Happy Chag Sameach, have a, uh, enjoy your Shavuot, you know? Yeah. But now they're just like, it's like they don't even know Shavuot Well, exists. you know what the, the English word for Shavuot is? Like the Christian version of it is Pentecost. So we could... Oh, yeah. actually, if that's you go a deep g- enough into Walmart, there is somebody that's <laughs> yeah, Pentecostal yeah. and is, will wish you a right. happy Pentecost. Yeah. So that's out there. Yeah. That's out there. But anyway, yeah, Hanukkah is... It's an important holiday, but it's a later holiday, like centuries later, and it's a particular battle um, that took place in the second century BC. And uh, it's you know it's it's an it's an important holiday. I'm not going to say it's not. We celebrate it, but it's I think it's probably gained significance in America because of its proximity to another famous holiday. Right. Like it's it's not really an important holiday, but we we I don't want to say it's not really an important holiday. I'm just saying like that, a, that makes that's the kind of thing that makes God very steaming mad. <laughs> steaming mad. For God real. doesn't like that. He's like, I'm sorry, what do you say about Hanukkah? But what is God I mean God doesn't really have anything to do with Hanukkah. Actually, oh that's so that's that's well, rude. Hey. That's rude. That's rude. It's disrespectful <laughs> and it's also anti Christmas. The other thing is that it is more Walmart connect than we thought because it's also a festival of fried food. So if it's Pentecostal Christianity and fried foods, I mean, I mean that is a Walmart. Yeah. yeah. Well, so Hanukkah is basically either a, a celebration of a military victory of like the Jews winning over their sort of oppressors mm-hmm. or asthma. They went on a great war with asthma. <laughs> <laughs> or it's a celebration of this very small miracle that happened when they regained the temple and that's the famous story. They had enough oil to burn for eight days or, or actually enough for one day but it lasted for eight days. So there's a little God in there. Like maybe see, God helped oh, them in the, the war. Mir- it's the miracle. Okay. Yeah. I had heard. Yeah, okay, I had excuse heard. Excuse me if I could jump in real quick. <laughs> uh-huh. Now I had heard yes, uh, I had heard uh, that the, uh, the miracle was uh, added ipso post facto uh, just so uh, that see, there this sounds like heresy right here just so that there was some sort of like miraculous god thing and really this is about a little skirmish a military victory but they wanted to they wanted to codify it so they had added a miracle and that miracle <laughs> did not happen and when it says a great miracle happened here it did not <laughs> No, but, but it did, I mean, though. That's but kind it did of the though. story of all of, I mean, all of the stories are basically like, something happened, and we just decided no. to call it a miracle. I guess so, I'm suggesting something even even more heretical, which is not that all holidays are bullshit, but that this one in particular uh, was specifically turned into a mystical holiday uh, because they couldn't just add a military victory to but it. But don't you think it's nicer this way? I, I mean, like, you want you I want do. us to celebrate war? Like, this is, this is a good, this is a nice, sweet thing to celebrate. Lights and candles and... 
mm-hmm. and military victories. And miracles. Right. Miracles. Miracles you of fried food. One of you went into comedy. One of you became a rabbi. Uh, what, uh, what was Hanukkah like for you guys as kids, and do you celebrate it now? I'll tell you, I resent the fact – I went to public school. Um, so did David. But uh, I always resented the fact when I got old enough to realize that I knew more Christmas carols than I did anything to do with Hanukkah. I mean, I knew, I know totally, that. and we sang them in school. We sang them straight up in school. Right. So, and I'm a little Jewish kid, and it's like, and now I have all these Jewish friends who are like, oh, I think the Christ- spirit of Christmas is just fun. It's just, it's not about. It's just, and it makes me like straight up. I'm like disgusted. Like, like you know, they say like there's a war on Christmas. Like I'm down with that war. You yeah. know what I mean? You're, like you're, I would, you're I would the front lines. I would create if I was going to create a you're war. Related holiday, I would create a war, the war against Christmas holiday, which takes place right after Christmas. I would call it also Hanukkah, but with a different. You're going to get so much hate mail for the death <laughs> hate, threats. Hate mail. I mean, <laughs> for where? Yeah. You know the mail. the, the conservative Christian base that listens to no, this yeah. podcast. Listen, Christian uh, Christianity's <laughs> fine and whatever, and they should celebrate Christmas. But I find it actually more insidious the idea that like, oh no, Christian that Christmas actually isn't a religious holiday anymore. It's actually just like it's for everybody. That actually feels more like that they've that they've sort of infused society with Christian values than overtly celebrating Christmas. But let me say this. I mean, in that sense, Hanukkah is actually a perfect holiday for Americans to be celebrating. And yeah, it may have gained popularity because lonely Jews wanted to celebrate something during the wintertime. But actually, the themes of Hanukkah are all about assimilation and the fight for identity and the sort of pushback against Greek culture overtaking Hebrew culture. And so in that sense, it's exactly what Moshe's talking about. It's exactly what we sort of wonder about and deal with in the Jewish community in America. So there's is reasons other than just its, its time of year that it becomes a really important holiday for modern Jews. But so, okay, tell me more about that, the assimilation thing. Like what, because the battle, what was the, what were the details of the whole Well, battle? you know, the, 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 the the holiday always gets framed as this battle of the Jews against the Greeks, but it wasn't really the Jews against the Greeks. It was it was more Jewy Jews versus Hellenized Jews, Jews who were kind of down with the uh, encroachment of Greek culture and looking to become more like the Greeks around them to sort of um, join gymnasiums and cultivate their bodies and aesthetics. And so Hanukkah is really the story of this zealous group of Jews that wanted to kind of reclaim authentic Jewish culture. And uh, and in this case, they, they did. They won. They got back the temple. And so... Which and is... Because, what's funny about it sometimes when I think about Jewish history and like the things that we champion, if you actually think about what's really happening from a sort of a postmodern, like where we are now perspective, it's like really the people you should be rooting for are the Hellenized Jews in this story. Like, really, this is like, Hanukkah is a beautiful tradition where we celebrate the triumph of Sharia law over <laughs> the modernists. That's what I was thinking as well. <laughs> but yeah, what's uh, wrong with that, you guys? Yeah. <laughs> the rabbi speaks. All right. But it is interesting, right? It's like, because for me too, I feel like I'm rooting for the Maccabees, and that's the name of the of the family that yeah. represents the militant wing of the zealous that's Jews, right. Right? That's right? And I'm rooting for them, but actually what ended up happening was that the Maccabean Jews were uh, super heavy-handed. Yeah. And over the, the long arc of history, the Maccabean uh, kingship line is actually kind of lame, right? They, yeah. They ended up not being good. Right, yeah. They were, cor- they were quickly corrupted. Huh. But, you know, there was like this brief moment there. Where it's like <laughs> little, the, little, uh-huh. little miracles. and It's literally yeah. like a, like literally, like we have a, a holiday where one of the tribal warlords in Afghanistan fought a battle no, against the look, reformers. Yeah. And was, I mean, no, no. No, I mean, but look, I, I, again, I think it's, right, these are, 
these are difficult issues to 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 make a, to come down strongly on one side of. But again, this is the kind of tension that we feel with any particular identity in our kind of great global society. On the one hand, it takes a certain kind of you know, zealousness to preserve your authentic tradition, your authentic faith. But on the other hand, if you take that too far, you become intolerant and you are close mm. to outside ideas. And Rabbi, I'm going to be honest with you. You sound like a straight nerd right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm over here making a point about Sharia law. And you're yeah. like, are we going to be honest with each other? You know what I mean? I'm just trying to defend Judaism against the Taliban-like characterizations <laughs> that you're hurling over here. I felt like, I feel the like Maccabees that. are essentially ISIS. You know, same thing. No difference Whatsoever. I feel like that's an incredibly fair comparison that it will not uh, inspire any controversy and no one <laughs> no, will argue with no, it. No, no. But we so, just killed Hanukkah today. <laughs> By the way, but the, the, the thing about Hanukkah, though, on an on, on emotional tip, it's really nice, actually. It's a beautiful, it's kind of nice to have a holiday that isn't la- laden with all this sort of existential angst. It's like Yom Kippur, you're like taking stock of yourself and apologizing. In Rosh Hashanah, same thing. Like the Passover is about slavery and freedom. And like Hanukkah, basically, for me, experientially, is about straight up making latkes. And having friends over and lighting some candles in my window. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's the most bang for your buck kind of holiday. I mean, especially well, as, a, as days, a religious yeah. Jew, uh, Shabbat, Yom Kippur, all these holidays, like, you have so much to do. You don't drive. Like, you're sort of on lockdown. Whereas Hanukkah is like, you just hang out with your friends, light some candles, like, right. say a few prayers, like, now, sing you, a few songs. Can you listen good. to this podcast during Hanukkah? Or are you not allowed yeah, to? Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's See, that kind okay. of thing. Yeah. So if you're a very strict Jew, you wouldn't listen to this podcast on Shabbat or on Passover or right. on Yom Kippur, but Hanukkah, could it's you, po- the podcast holiday. According to Jewish law, could you <laughs> could you stone an adulteress on Hanukkah? Would you be allowed to do that? <laughs> yeah, you can even do that in a town square. On Hanukkah. And there's so there's so much to do on Hanukkah. Yeah, <laughs> sort of a great town like square. on Yom Kippur, you, you would have to wait latkes. until the next day, mm-hmm. and it's like kind of annoying to wait. But right. on Hanukkah, just like go for it. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's good for Hanukkah. Okay. Yeah. 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 You feel Hooray good. for Hanukkah. Hooray for Hanukkah. Um, all right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for dropping by. Thank you. We, we we love you, Dan. And love uh, you. this was great. This really was fun. Thank yeah, you. Thanks. Thank you. All right. All right. Is it really a holiday we should bother with, or do we just celebrate it because we need something to distract us from the onslaught that is Christmas? I asked a few Jews, some of whom will appear on later episodes of the Kibbutz, what they thought about Hanukkah. Here's what they said. Hanukkah's most definitely not bullshit. They've got three little kids that would wrestle you to the ground for suggesting that. Well, it is a bullshit holiday. It's just... Jewish Christmas, that's what it is. Right. I mean, let's be real about it. Knowing that, do you celebrate it? Do you do it? Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. Uh-huh. Hanukkah is like the movie Stripes. It always starts out amazing. Start out great. First four days are like insane. That's like the first two acts of Stripes. Then the third act of Stripes, you're like, what the hell is going what on is here? Why are what is in happening? War? In Hanukkah's like great gift, great gift, then the last five nights socks. It's early this year, right? It's By the way, I, I have no idea. I just know people say that every year. Oh, it's early. It is very early this year. It's, it's always very early. early. I've never heard someone go late Hanukkah. Yeah. Super late Hanukkah this year. Sometime in February. Um, I loved it as a kid. I haven't done Hanukkah in a while. Um, uh, my ex-husband was a non-Jew, and so um, I feel like a lot of Jews, I like, fully embraced Christmas because it was so fun. Not the Jesus part. It's a tricky one, actually, because my wife, even though she converted, she 
one, you know, she grew up with Christmas as well. So we, we've got two people who both grew up with Christmas. I'm trying to sort of push Hanukkah a little bit forward. Actually, my, my eldest son now and the rest of my kids will go to this Jewish school. So they're learning more about Hanukkah. Uh, but I'm trying to kind of ebb the, the impact of Christmas and make it more about Hanukkah. But really all that's happening is that we're doing Hanukkah and Christmas. So they're getting ridiculously spoiled. When you think about the gifts for Hanukkah, the last three or four nights are all things that people would use in a burglary. Yeah. Like here, here, son, here's some rope. Here's a hat. Here's, here's a ski mask. Here's some gloves. Here's a turtleneck. I mean, it's all stuff you would use if you were going to like, like an old time jewel heist. <laughs> I did both as a kid with two Jewish parents. We had stockings. Okay. There was talk of Santa Claus. There was a, a tree Although we got rid of that after all, my dad thought that was too it's like not a Jewish. Too much. Yeah, but we still have the stockings. So yeah, so we do, we do both. Yeah, it's 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 about families sitting together and enjoying each other. And, but do you do like do you do latkes and do you do the whole the whole uh, Michigan? I've tried to make a latke, yeah. not good. Not so good. No, about uh, the candles is about as far as is about the level that we get to. Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, I, with a prayer or just a candle? We do, yeah, with the prayer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we get the get, get the old iPad out. Get, <laughs> get the old, get, type in Hanukkah blessings. Uh-huh. I do like Hanukkah. Yeah. I think lighting. Do you get religious about it? Or here's yeah, the only, well, here's the only thing I don't like about yeah. Hanukkah is the game of dreidel. Super yes. overrated on that game. Because here's the rules of dreidel. If you roll and you get a gimel, a G, you scoop up all the candy, game over. And of course, it's money. Like the like they had to make that money. Like couldn't they have made it something else? Like Jews farm. Like we know how to farm. Israel was based on like agriculture. Like why couldn't it have been like chocolate plows, chocolate hose? Yeah, nobody would want to chocolate hose. <laughs> chocolate hose would be a different game. We are in downtown Los Angeles at the Grand Central Market, and uh, we are heading over to Wexler's Deli to try out. Michael Wexler's personal favorite latke recipe for Hanukkah. If you haven't been to Wexler's, it is known as the best pastrami in Los Angeles, according to LA Weekly. And uh, Jonathan Gold, the food critic, said, if there's a better version of lox and bagels in Los Angeles, I have yet to taste it. For whatever it's worth, I agree. It is delicious. All right, so what are we starting with here? So we've got some uh, Yukon Gold potatoes. We have uh, an egg, a little bit of flour. Onion, salt and pepper, pretty basic recipe. Um, my only trick to it, I guess, is that I shred the potatoes and the onions, and then I blanch them in water for about a minute, a minute and a half. And just that little bit of cook right there makes gives it like a, a nice creaminess, which I really like. So that's, you're blanching them in like a boiling water? Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, and you know, this recipe, like I grew up with kind of two different recipes. On my mom's side of the family is more like a, uh, a thicker shred, like kind of hash brownie with like the crispies around the edges. And on my dad's side was more of like the, the blended pancake style. So mine is somewhere in between. I do like multiple kind of different texture in there. I chop some of it really fine, grate some of it really fine. Some of it's like a coarser grate. So, and then I mix them all together. So you get kind of best of all worlds. Nice, it keeps the parents happy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> all right, so we're lucky here because we have this griddle and flat top and it actually works really nice for latkes. Um, so, good amount of oil down. And I don't like to push them down too much because then they get too thin, so they need to have some volume to them. So you can actually hear them, let's hear them sizzling. 
And what kind of oil are you using? It's just canola oil. Any any neutral vegetable oil, canola, grapeseed, that kind of thing works nice for this. When I think of latkes, I think of kind of deep frying them in a you know a huge right. pan full of oil. Which you can definitely do that too. Um, I like this because it's what we have here, number one. And two, it's just like this keeps a really even temperature using a griddle like this, which I really like. I feel like this goes in, in line with your general vibe is that you're not you're not trying to kind of reinvent something or do a real modern take on on these classic foods. You're really going, that is just a beautiful golden brown. I have to interrupt myself to say that is just, uh, that looks amazing. Um, so yeah, yeah your, your approach is really kind of do it old school and do it the best version of the old yeah, school. I mean, that, that sort of defines what Wexford's Deli is all about. I mean, our, our idea here is to, you know, take all the ego out of it. It's not, you know, the the chefy hand that's trying to reinvent and do all that kind of thing. We're not we're not about reinventing or remaking. What we're really about is taking these these Jewish deli classics and saying, I want to make the best version of them. And for people to eat them and say, wow, this is the best pastrami sandwich I ever had. These are the best latkes I ever had in this case, hopefully. It, you know, it's funny, like every year somebody comes around, they're like, give us a recipe for a, a creative latka, you know? And of course, everybody's seen the sweet potato latka, the zucchini latka, the beet latka. It's probably not that creative at this point anymore. And at the end of the day, when you sit down at for, for Hanukkah, you just really want some really good latkes. At, le at least that's what I want. So that's kind of the, the driving focus behind Wexler's and the same thing with these latkes. And, you know, there's the, the, the classic debate of applesauce versus sour cream. Yeah. Where do you stand? Uh, I mean, I'm definitely a sour cream guy, first and foremost, or even a creme fraiche guy. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna taste these today with a couple of different toppings that I'm gonna do for you. One just sort of naked as is. One we're gonna do with creme fraiche and caviar, and one that we're gonna do with some uh, pastrami and mustard. So that that's where I guess I like to go off the train a little bit is maybe in some of the toppings. Um, but you get still the classic latkes at the bottom of it. Um, I like applesauce. I like it with the creme fraiche. But if I had to choose between two, I'm definitely going with the sour cream creme fraiche thing. I, I fully agree. And the, adding the caviar, I think, is a very, yeah, very can, nice touch. You add caviar uh, to anything. Yeah. It's be good. Or pastrami. Now, so your pastrami is amazing. I, I snuck in here on Saturday. It was packed. I've had the lox and bagel here, which is amazing. But I tried the pastrami for the first time, and it really was. It reminded me of that scene in uh, Ratatouille, where the uh, the critic eats the ratatouille at the end and it like you go inside his mind and see his childhood experience of tasting ratatouille for the first time yeah. and that was what it was like for me I, 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 I think that's what's so wonderful about what we do here and it's part of the reason why we stay so traditional in our food I mean it, it happens on a daily basis where we'll get somebody who will come in here and ask to meet me or my business partner Mike and say I, I just need to tell one of you guys I, I smelled it or I've been into that sandwich or I tasted that lox and I was brought back to, you know, LA, Chicago, Brooklyn, whatever, um, and in my grandmother's kitchen and I have the memories that came through and it's, it's really cool. I mean, you know, food has a very uh, unique ability to have that powerful effect that with one bite we can be transported back to another time in our life almost instantaneously. Um, and there's very few things that can really uh, do that to you. So it's it's special to be a part of that experience for so many people that were able to do that. All right, so what's happening with these latkes now? We're just, uh, just waiting to get the right kind of color, the right kind of crisp on these. And I think, you know, what's important with latkes is that you want a very uh, deep golden brown, right? A light golden brown will be nice for a minute, but then two, sec two bites into it, it's going to get 
kind of soggy and that crust isn't going to be there anymore. So I really like to take the time um, to develop that nice golden brown. And when you do them at home, I would recommend, I mean, I think a lot of people sometimes get the oil so hot that the latkes cook for two minutes and they're done. And then you eat them and they're kind of soggy. You really want it to take its time to, to be able to crisp in the oil and, and be able to cook. And, you know, especially like the potatoes need time to cook as well. And so what is that? Like a, just like a medium heat, medium low? Medium- yeah, kind of a, kind of a medium heat. You don't want too high. You want just sort of like a medium to medium high heat. All right, so let's uh, let's start plating these up for you. Right. So I always like to have, because we're obviously cooking this in a lot of oil and grease, I like to have a towel to sort of soak up any of that excess. So for the pastrami one, I think we're going to do a little bit of this uh, beaver sweet hot mustard. That I'm just going to lightly brush on the top here. So now this is the this is a tray of locks. It's all hand sliced, right? All hand sliced, right here in house. Hand sliced sounds like one of those adjectives that make it taste better. But what is? Yeah. Why is it? Why is it well, better to be hand sliced? It does definitely sound like one of those adjectives, but it's a real thing. And the reason why is that we're able to get it so thin, it gives it this really uh, beautiful silky texture that you just kind of can't achieve out of any machine. Um, that's something that we really like around here. I can actually see through. The, the salmon that he's uh, placed on top of some, that's, is that creme fraiche or sour cream? That's creme fraiche. Okay, beautiful. Oh, and that's, he's just like sprinkling some black caviar on the top, and my mouth is watering. I cannot wait to dive into this. It looks so good. Wow. So these look, they're like, uh, they're probably about a quarter of an inch thin. They're very thin. They're golden brown. They're incredibly crispy. I think I think you should start with this one, just kind of on its own, and, and see just the taste of the latke itself. Then maybe go to this one, and then to the pastrami. Okay, so he's pointing me towards the first, the middle one here is the just the plain, unadorned latke. It's got a very creamy center. I can see it's kind of still juicy inside. Hmm. I'm having I'm having a ratatouille moment. <laughs> <laughs> like. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Oh my god, that is so good. That is really the it's the perfect lot cut. Alright, I'm cutting you can also in. Pick it up and bite it out oh yeah, I'll just pick it up. What am I what am I doing? Alright, so this is the latka with creme fraiche, hand hand cut smoked salmon and uh, caviar. Mmm. That's pro- probably my preferred way to eat it. Either plain or like this, that so you can't really go wrong with that. I'm uh, I'm in heaven here. All right, now we're going on to the uh, to the mother load here. This is the latke topped with Wexler's infamous pastrami. Mmm, mmm. The mustard, a little sweetness of the mustard. A sweet and spicy mustard. Yeah, just against the uh, the smokiness and the peppery pastrami. Wow, that is that is a thing of beauty. Well How'd done. Like Congratulations. And I should, I should mention also that if you want to go this lox and caviar route at home, we're delivering the lox now, which is good. You know, a lot of people are like, hey, I don't want to come all the way downtown. It's a pain in the butt. So now you can get it to your house. We have it all online on our website, delivering through caviar. So we're doing like half, pack, half pound packages and bagels, sandwiches, kind of whatever you want. All right. Well, keep up the amazing work. This is, it's the best pastrami I think it's the best pastrami I've ever had. Glad you enjoyed it. I'm really, really happy you came by. All right. Thanks so much. And uh, everybody come down to Wexler's. It's, uh, it'll blow your mind. 
Now the advice show where you call in and you give advice, because really, what's more Jewish than giving advice? Please welcome the legendary ladies of comedy, Rana and Beverly. I'm sorry, Beverly, do you understand what's happening? I'm looking at, I'm looking at Instagram. Look, is that funny? Those are one of those chickens. But she, if it's on someone's wish list for Amazon and they're laughing, what the hell was on my wish list? That's the suggestions. Hello? Uh, Hello, is this Eliza? It is. Hi, Eliza. It's Auntie Beverly. Hello, ladies. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you? Oh, my God. I mean, do you really I hate to tell you, Eliza, we're sitting here with the most handsome Jewish guy you've ever seen. I don't know if you're single, if you're a lesbian, or what. I am single. Hello. Okay, are you a lesbian? Not at the moment, no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, your, your generation is very fluid. You're all pansexual. He even has a shirt I think was dry cleaned. I hate to tell you. Nobody irons anything no. anymore. Does ironed? Nobody irons anything Rana, anymore. Rana, I already asked him if he was single. He said he was not. Yeah. Who cares what he said? He's not married. Anyway, you've got a sexy voice, Eliza. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Anyway, so we have a question for no, you. So we're going to ask you, we want your advice I need for a your change. Advice. How do you feel about okay. that? Is that all right for you? With all you? right, I'm ready. I'm good with that. Okay, this is Hanukkah-oriented. So my question for you is I have children in my life. It's Hanukkah. Okay, you understand? It's Hanukkah. Yeah. Okay? I'm saying this is a holiday for everyone, and my niece Shira thinks that it's a holiday just for children. I said, but we've exchanged gifts every year up until the day you had babies, okay? Because you're younger than me, and I, you're like a child in my life. My niece, Shira, now she has uh, four children. Lenny's the baby, still breastfeeding, but, you know, I don't want to get Not a it. baby. Yeah. Anyway, I said— Old enough to eat a steak, but still breastfeeding. And I said, yeah. I said, well, I first of all, not only do I expect a gift from you, Shira, but it would be nice if you bought little presents from your children— you know, and put a little note on them. Said, "Dear Auntie Beverly, Happy Hanukkah from Carsten." Beverly's upset that there's no reciprocity. That's what I'm. Why asking is you. she buying gifts for other people and they're not buying for her just because she's old? My question for you so is: So she wants to know if she should feel that. Is way. it just for children? The Christians seem to give gifts all over the goddamn place. So I'm asking you. I can so relate to this question mm. because in my family we have eight nephews. And as soon as the babies started coming along, the grown-ups stopped getting gifts. See, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. It's bullshit. And it became all well, about uh, them. Yeah. God damn it. And for a while, we just let it happen, and then we realized it was a problem. Because you're right. It, there should be... I don't know if the kids need to give you a gift, but... There should be a grown-up. Why shouldn't they? Why, well. why can't they cash in an Israel bond and buy somebody a gift? How are they never going to learn? How are they ever going to learn that you got to give? You got to give to receive. It's a give and take. Give and take. But take for charge. They could buy you a tree in Israel. That, that would be something. That's it. Would be something. Just something. I need something. <laughs> God damn it! All right. Well, you agree with me. Well, that's good advice. In my family, this is what we did. We did <clears throat> still buy kids the gifts, and the grown-ups do like uh, secret. Santa, Hanukkah, Harry thing. Oh. So that every grown-up gets a gift. That's not a bad idea. So get a bajillion gift. Not a bad idea. What's so the, what's the, what's the monetary focus, value? Something. What's the monetary value it's, on the secret Harry? It's the low. High, hidden Harry. Because because low. The How low? The artist involved. $10, uh, $20? It's, it's, no, it's 25 well, that's not terrible. You know, I think that's terrific because Beverly and I always exchange gifts. Yes, we do. And we have never set a limit before. So what happens is Beverly will end up getting a cashmere sweatsuit from me, and I'll end up getting like a desk uh, ornament or a mouse pad. Or, I thought you were collecting snow globes. Yeah. 
something well, like that. Sometimes you have to so accept think, your friends where they are and lower your expectations. Aliza, Aliza this is wonderful advice. Beverly, this year we'll do a twenty dollar limit. I love it. No, no, I'll, I'll get do, myself I'll a do, sweat, No, so. you, it's, <laughs> it's personal choice. Personal choice. Right. Thank, Thank you, Aliza. <laughs> You're welcome. I love you, ladies. We love you too. Happy everything. I hope you get Happy a penis. I hope you, you get a penis in your vagina for your for for the holidays. <laughs> That's what I hope. Aliza, go back to your life. Goodbye. All right. Love you, guys. Love you. Goodbye. Oh, she was very cute. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> She's married. I don't want to break your heart. Uh, <laughs> Damn. Oh, hello. Oh. Hello. Is this, uh, is this Catherine Strack? Oh. 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 It is. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Catherine, I have a, a question I'm dying to know. Now, this is going to be interesting because you're coming at it from the other side. I assume you're not Jewish or you're a German Jew. Which one? No, I'm not Jewish. Okay, but then you'll be able to answer this question for me, okay? Well, what about Catherine? Where, where are you? Who are I'm you? I'm outside Chicago. Chicago. Oh, Chicago. So what not, is, where, yeah. where do you mind? You don't want to tell us specifically? No, it's fine. I'm in Schaumburg. Oh, sure. Okay. And... Uh, I had a cousin that lived very near that once. Can I and ask my can question? Can I ask what Catherine does? I just wonder if she's qualified to give advice. Okay, fine. But if my question doesn't require her to be qualified. Okay. <laughs> Catherine, what do you do? Can I ask? I I work in, in in law enforcement and administration. Are you kidding me? Are you wow. wearing a uniform right now? Are you a lesbian? <laughs> I'm not, and I'm not. Really? But I imagine you had administration. Who is that? She stuff? must love all of the fun stuff we say about the police on the podcast. I love the police. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you something about the police. I thank God for the police. The police are doing God's yeah. work, and they're being paid nothing for it. So you know what? Thank God for the police. And all if right. people are up to no good, then they're up to no good, and that's their goddamn problem. Keep your hands in your pockets, people. You ready? <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, take your hands out of your pockets. No, keep when okay. you put your hand okay, in your pocket, yeah, you run into like a problem. I'm not yeah. going to get yeah. involved in this conversation uh, because you know something. <clears throat> All right. Okay, in the civil way. rights movement, the Jews and the blacks marched side by side. Catherine. Okay, that's all it I'm going to say about mm-hmm. that. All right. In the meantime, question? my question for you is: Do you know the difference? Okay, when you see Hanukkah being advertised everywhere, yeah. along with the Christmas. Chazarai, uh, do you notice mm-hmm. that there's two spellings? There's Hanukkah, H A N N N N K K K K H H H A, and then there's the other one, Hanukkah, C H A N U K A H H. Have you noticed that? I have. Okay. Now, I know what my impression is when I see the difference is because Americans don't like to say ha, which is the Correct pronunciation. So I'm asking you, have you, do you think it's appropriate to Americanize Hanukkah? I just want to, I just want to clear something up though. It's not only because people don't want to see, say CH, it's because it reads better with an HH. It reads better with alliteration. What are you talking about? When, you de- when you're putting up a decoration, it reads better, happy Hanukkah with an H. Uh, do you yeah, know, do you, I point. have synesthesia. And I want you to know that I've always been a CH, and just last year I switched to only H. Why, why this way? I don't know. Well, I that's just what decided I'm asked, but to I'm try asked, something different. Well, that's why I'm asking Catherine. What right. do you think is more authentic? <clears throat> what, are you, what are your impressions when you see it spelled out? Do you have any, Does it register at all that there's two different spellings is my first part of the question. Well, I think I know that there are two different spellings because I'm a student of history. That was that was my major in college, so I think maybe that's why I have seen it before. Maybe not in advertising, but I think that people are drawn to alliterations. Happy Hanukkah, the H H, 
Also, well, you're just repeating my the answer. Community, if they spell, if they see it spelled with a C H, maybe they're not going to know, and they're going to pronounce pronounce it Chanaka. But were you, you growing up? Was that. it wasn't it Chanaka Ch- when you were growing right. up? When you that's were growing right. up, did you ever see the H H or is that new? Do you think it's... I, I feel like I remember H-H? it as the HH when I see What's like a decoration. Oh, happy. happy. You must be very young, okay? Because it wasn't always <laughs> like that. And your history, you got to update your history. Know your history. The Holocaust killed okay. six million Jews and a lot of other people, a lot of gays, probably a lot of police officers type people, that you, women in police uniforms that you work with. Mm-hmm, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. understand? So know your history. Watch your documentaries. Is that history with a H or CH? It should be with a CH. A this is what I'm saying. History. Ha, history. Do me a favor. I want to hear it out of a, out of a shiksa mouth. Say Hanukkah. <laughs> say it. Can you, wait, can you say it again? Hanukkah. Say it and spray it. I'm impressed. Not bad. I'm impressed. Can I tell you something, dear? I love you. God bless you. <laughs> love you, girl. Love kiss, you. Kiss, kiss, kiss. kiss, kiss. Thank you for listening to us. Happy Hanukkah. Happy- <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Oh, well. We lost her. That's all right. Hello. Oh, hello, Nana. Yeah. Hi, it's Dan. Hi, honey. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Jan. This, you're on the you're on the phone here with uh, with my friends Rana and Beverly, and they're going to ask you some questions. Okay, G- Jan. We are so excited to be talking to you. Were you listening to Tony Bennett a second ago? I was listening. <laughs> isn't he just? That's isn't he? I love isn't he? Bennett. Isn't he sexy still after all these years? Oh, yeah, and he's 87, I think. <laughs> Listen, you still have a chance, Jan. You still have a chance. Yeah, you can pal and go with Tony Bennett. <laughs> <laughs> Jan, can I ask you a question about Hanukkah? Can I ask you a latke question? Okay, you can start asking me. <laughs> okay, now, Jan, I assume, as a wonderful Jewish mother, that you used to make, uh, you probably made over 10,000 latkes in your lifetime so far. What did you say, honey? Oh, we so we wanted to know about uh, your secret for latkes, for making latkes. Do you do you think you should shred the potato, or uh, 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 like blend it up and puree it? Shred it or uh, or uh, uh, grate it? You mean? Yeah. Grate it. Grate it. Or uh, well, you, yeah. Oh, the old-fashioned people grated it. The the new people shred it. <laughs> the new Jews. The new Jews. <laughs> Which do you prefer, the new Jew or the old Jew? Well, I think uh, I like either one because I like potato latkes. <laughs> and I used to make them, shred, uh, shredding them. Uh, do you have any good Jewish jokes, Nana? Uh, yeah, I sure do. I know you do. Uh, do um, did you hear about the... Um, the Jewish parochial school. No, tell us about it. It's called uh, Our Mother of Perpetual Guilt. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, that's fabulous. All right, well, uh, you like that? That's good. It's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the other joke is um, Have you ever read I Was a Teenage Jew? No. no. By Jesus Christ. 
<laughs> oh, that is wonderful. Uh, you like those two jokes? I do. They're great. Why can't you perform in a comedy club? Go to the improv. <laughs> I'm too old. No, you're not. <laughs> never, never. Never too old. Tony Bennett can open for you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jan, how old are you? If you don't mind my asking. Oh, I'm I'm 95 going on 96. Oh my <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. Boy, are you sharp. You are so funny. Well, my best thing is to laugh and tell jokes. <laughs> did Connie that keeps did, me going? Are you through now with me? Yeah. Yep, I think yep. so. Yep. <laughs> I'll give you a call later. Thank you, Nana. Oh, you're welcome. You're most welcome because you're my second favorite grandson. <laughs> my first one it lives in New York, the <laughs> oldest one, your older brother. <laughs> you, 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 and I love both of you, but I loved him first because he was born four years before you. That's, that's fair. That's fair. But who calls but you I love more? you too. Anyway, did you hear from Jessica? I, I did. Yeah, I'll call you later. We'll talk about that. Okay. She's so fabulous. She is fabulous. <laughs> okay, okay, sweetie. Love you. I'll talk Have to you later. Have a lovely day, you guys. All okay. right. Kiss, kiss. Kiss, Jan, kiss. You're wonderful. Keep it up. Thank you, honey. I wish I could go out dancing, but I can't. Oh, my God. I used to love to dance. Now I stand in one and just hop off one leg and then the other. (laughs) Not very good. Anyway, the best I can do every day is a blessing. Even with... Without vodka. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe advice. Dan will bring you some vodkas. Uh, well, it's a different story than my grandmother or even my mother. But the Jewish traditions will live forever because the Jews are so special. As soon as we get rid of the anyway, Muslims, it'll be fine. I just wish they weren't chosen for aggravation and anti-Semitism. Yes. There's none of that left. No no more anti-Semitism. All right. Kiss, kiss, Jan. Okay, Okay. honey. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, yeah, that was Nana. She's wonderful. She needs her own podcast. She's wonderful. She is so sharp. (laughs) She's very sharp. with it. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's adorable. Yeah. All right. Kiss, kiss. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much. You're beautiful. Finally, a kid walks into a bar. Today's Bar Mitzvah story comes from the amazingly hilarious twin comedians, the Sklar Brothers. Uh, we are the Sklar Brothers. Uh, we have a podcast here at Earwolf called Sklar Bro Country. He just said, identify yourself. Don't give the whole, like, what we have and Here's what we're doing. Here's some of the TV shows we've been on. Stop. Here's some exactly, of the other stuff exactly. we've done. All right, okay. Let's They're going to edit this out All anyway. Right, it's not going to be in it. it. I'm sure. I hope he leaves it. Now in. that I said that, he's going to leave it. I hope he leaves it. I'm Jason Sklar. He's Randy Sklar. And we were, we had, we had bar mitzvahs, but we did it together. So it was a B'nai, a John B'nai mitzvah. A John B'nai mitzvah. Because yeah. you're twins. Yes. Because we dressed up like little cowboys. <laughs> uh, and then both of us were married. Hey, come Sorry. on. <laughs> Joking. That's not funny. No, it's true. We have children. <laughs> All right. So we uh, had a B'nai mitzvah, John B'nai mitzvah, and uh, where we did it together, we read the Haftor together, we studied together with... Uh, 
with uh, Hazen Lissick. Yes. Or Cantor. He was uh, kind of like this Pavarotti, like got French guy, Leon Lissick. He was kind of like this old- Leon Lissick. <laughs> we always wanted to like do like some power- like truck like, and track. Like as like, if like he- This Saturday, Leon Lissick. <laughs> He unscrolls the Torah of your heart. Leon Lissick. Leon Lissick, followed by Rush. Yeah. Uh, he was really fantastic. And he, uh, he uh, totally out of touch, but he had a kid our age. Uh, yeah, Shmuel Lissick, who then went on to become Sammy. Uh, but they all, you know, that was part of it. We, we studied really hard. I actually loved it. I loved it. Song. For us, was, there was a very performative element to it in that we- Maybe that was the beginning of us wanting to be on stage and talk. You know, we had a speech and we gave a speech. I don't think we were that funny in were the, the Yeah, were there jokes? Yeah. Uh, some, I mean, we had a, we then had the, we had a, can <laughs> what's the deal with Taluses? Yeah, exactly. I mean, who are the ad wizards who came up with that yeah, exactly. one? Exactly. Uh, no, but we were into comedy back then, which strikes me as it was weird that we didn't even you think know, to try and put a comedy. It was kind of just the precursor to us really exploring that avenue. But I think we really liked the idea of standing up in front of everybody and delivering the half Torah and the Torah and there was something exciting and really cool about it. But uh, we had the party afterwards at the synagogue in the, in like the auditorium where that was. And it was a really nice part. It was really fun. We had the candle lighting ceremony. Uh, where everyone does like that. We didn't do poems though. We, we were anti-poem. We were anti-poem. That was like the big Because everyone would do a poem like, when we were young, we used to play, but now you live so far away. Bubby and Zeta come up and light the third candle. We didn't want to do that, but we did have like a baseball kind of theme, I feel like, throughout yeah. it. Which, it was fun. I, I I have very fond memories of our of our bar mitzvah. Yeah, it was really, uh, it was a good time. And, and our folks, it wasn't the ritziest one. We had friends who like would have their parties and whatnot at like Meadow Brook Country Club in St. Louis or whatever. I mean, but it was St. Louis. It wasn't like New York where like, I know like where Nicki, Minaj, Nicki Minaj will like come in on a jet ski and like do three songs and rub her boobs up against some of the kids. I mean, or like, or like some kid will be carried in like on an elephant, like dressed like the Pharaoh, which is also weird because like he's, he was a person who like oppressed the Jews and now is, are you trying to say that with your bar mitzvah, you're going to oppress all the other Jews that are there? Yeah, it's no got, one really thinks the theme out all the way. Yeah. It's like the Jewish version of my my awesome sweet 16. That's what a bar mitzvah kind you know, of is. I mean, unless his parents came to him as the Pharaoh and in the process said to him, uh, to the Pharaoh, which is their son, uh, let my son's childhood go. Yeah. <laughs> and then there it went. And w so would you do anything differently if you could go back and do your bar mitzvah again? No, nope. I would not. I kind of loved it. And I loved it. It was maybe, pretty low Maybe key. be a little funnier in our speech, but it was, you know, for as far as bar mitzvahs go, it was low key. And I know it was probably expensive for our parents who didn't have a ton of money, but uh, it, w it didn't break the bank. It wasn't outrageous to the point. It, it felt very much in touch with who we were. And I'm glad. I'm glad it wasn't over the top. And I think our friends had fun. And so uh, you both have kids. Uh, yeah. Yes. Well, my daughter's like almost, a, we're starting to like come to the age that we have to start thinking about her bat mitzvah. Wow. And so she's got to start learning and get in that. And she really wants to have it, which I'm excited. We're kind of taking our cue from her a little bit without pushing her to it because we've known many kids who 
when they were pushed into the Judaism and pushed into the stuff and the spirituality and whatnot, they kind of immediately resisted. And the second they could get out, it was like, second they're out of it, gone. Don't Thank you, but no thanks. I will choose my own path and this is how I do it. So we're trying to let them come to it the way they want to and on their own. And I think learning another language in Hebrew is kind of cool. I think being able to do that stuff is kind of cool. And I think there's there's a way to do it that isn't so didactic and feel like out of touch. There's like a way to do it. That, and, and we're so far, they're 10 and eight. There's like a happiness with like, with which they sort of engage with this thing. So I'm excited. All right. Beautiful. Thank you. Right. Get out of here. All right, that is it for episode one of The Kibbutz. I'd like to thank our guests, Micah Wexler, David and Moshe Kasher, Rana and Beverly, the Sklar Brothers, as well as Richard Brim, Josh Howey, Joel Stein, Laurel Braitman, and of course, my Nana. Uh, if you liked Moshe Kasher's comedy, please come check him out at the San Francisco Punchline Wednesday through Saturday, December 8th through 12th. And if you like David Kasher's rabbi-ing, uh, please check out his podcast at parshanut.com. That's P-A-R-S-H-A-N-U-T.com. Rana and Beverly will be doling out their brilliant comedy at UCB Franklin on Sunday, December 14th at 7.30 p.m. Please check them out at ranaandbeverly.com. The Scholar Brothers are going to be at the Celebrity Theater in Phoenix, Arizona on December 12th. Go check them out. They're awesome. This episode was produced by me, Dan Crane, with Adam Sachs, Sarah DeLeo, and David Jargowski, with engineering by Brett Morris. Our main theme is courtesy of Nunon Plus. Special thanks to Amelia Klein, Robin Kramer, Earwolf, and of course, Reboot. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at KibitzPod, and email us your comments at kibitzpod at gmail.com. Happy Hanukkah from the Kibitz, a project of Reboot. <laughs>